0: This is According to Jim with Jim Joyner and Steve Sell, McPherson's Sports Talk Show. 15,
1: 10, 5, touchdown, Kansas City, Damian Williams runs to immortality.
0: Listen Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: No, I went to to Temecula and brought you some dirt. And this is how you use this dirt so You no, like don't, it, don't. You do it like this you get no, it you sort no. of rub it on okay now i'm ready to go
0: according to jim is your home for the mcpherson bullpups
1: how about a pull up three grace pilot is good
0: everything happening in the sports world
1: the game is over and the chiefs kingdom has firmly planted its flag on top of football's highest Summit!
2: And even
0: some things not happening in the sports world.
2: I'll probably wrap up in a blanket or something.
0: Now it's time for According to Jim. Here's Jim Joyner and Steve Sell.
1: Let's do this thing. Another edition of According to Jim right here on 96.7 FM KBBE. Or for those of you listening online... Worldwide at midkansasonline.com. I'm Jim Joyner. Joining me, as always, the most popular man in the entire city of McPherson, wearing a shirt that I don't think I've ever seen him wear before. Mister Steve Sell. Steve. Good afternoon.
2: Well, it's just because it's a summer shirt. Of course, I have a, you know, I have a, I have a turtleneck on underneath it, but it's a summer shirt, and I just haven't worn it for a
1: while. I don't think I've ever seen you wear that shirt, whether it's summer, spring, fall, winter, oh, yeah, it's- autumn. I don't think I've ever seen it, but I like it. it. It's orange, and it has like some diamonds in it.
2: Yeah, it's a Nike shirt. I like it. Okay.
1: I think it looks good on you.
2: Well, you know why I'm wearing it. Why is that? Because golf season's just around the corner. I can feel it.
1: Really? Yeah. I don't think it's really right around the corner. We're going to hit a little cold spell here pretty soon. I know you played this weekend. I played yesterday. I'm not surprised that you did. And the reason Steve's talking about this is because he actually played well. And that's, that's why he's bringing it that up. That does
2: not hardly happen any, you know, anymore. When I shoot a good round, it doesn't happen very often, so I get excited. But Steve, I'll, get excited. I'll, I'll re-
1: you're soft over there. I'll, I'll return. Get excited. Get I'll, pumped up. I'll return to
2: my hacking ways probably here for long. Yeah,
1: it won't be long. Yeah. <laughs> get, get excited over there, Steve. It was a big weekend. It was a big weekend. A lot of basketball.
2: Yeah. Big basketball weekend. Great games Friday night.
1: We did have a couple of fun games on Friday night. The Mac College basketball teams did not win on Saturday up in Salina, and it really hurt their chances for some postseason implications. The Bulldog men are pretty much out of the race to win the KCAC championship, and now they're trying to get at least one home game for the KCAC postseason tournament. On the women's side, they're pretty much eliminated as well. Right? It could happen, but would take some crazy circumstances.
2: Yeah, and they've got Avila here on Wednesday and Avila, is one of the better teams. They're already locked into the playoffs. So really the Bulldogs, I think they're just hoping to close out the season with a couple wins. I think even if they win both their games this week, they're going to end up probably one spot, maybe two spots out. But that men's race, man, I'll tell you what, from from three to seven, it is just a horse race. Friends is in pretty good shape though because they only have one game left to play. They got the bye week, At some point, I don't know if it's Wednesday or Saturday, but they're done except for one game. And the Bulldogs need to win two just to have a chance to make that top four. If you make the top four, you get a home playoff game. But, man, you know, you and I have been talking about the KCAC. There's a lot of good teams. The the teams that are really – Southwestern right now is really looking good. They are making threes from everywhere. I know they made 15 or 16 against – KW, the other night, they made 15 against the Bulldogs when they played in Winfield. Southwestern is a team that's really coming on. Of course, Ottawa is a game up on Oklahoma Wesleyan. But to me, it's it's teams like Friends and Southwestern that are really hot. And it's not, to me, who, of course, if you win the conference, you're automatically in. That's why Ottawa, you know, needs to win the conference because they automatically make it. But then the winner of the KCAC postseason tournament also gets to go to nationals, and I think the nationals, now the
1: other expect or the other thing with that too is if
2: if, if uh, Ottawa wins the tournament, then the second place team would go. Right. So, I mean, if, yeah. If Ottawa if Ottawa wins the league and then wins the tournament, the second place team from the regular season goes. So if a team makes the finals of the tournament and gets beat, you know that doesn't automatically get them in because they made the finals.
1: Well, Steve, it was also a busy weekend of basketball in the NBA. We talked about the NBA All Star Game on Friday, and you said I will not be watching. I don't have any interest in this. They don't play any defense, and you know what? The NBA All Star Game actually turned out to be pretty good last night. Well, if you watched the first quarter, which I did, there was no defense. You didn't like fifty-three to forty-one after I, I, a quarter for yeah, Team I, LeBron,
2: and yeah, and then I watched a little bit of the second quarter and
1: fifty-one did, to thirty.
2: Yeah, it didn't get much better, but uh, I. I quit watching then, but then after all the accounts that I read today, it sounded like when it came, Push came to shove in the fourth quarter, they locked down and played almost like an actual game. Now, I don't know how many dunks there were in the game. There were a lot early. A lot early. I don't know about late. But, and then there were hardly any fouls in the first half. I don't, was there even five or six fouls in the first half? Don't know. But it, was, it basically was just guys standing around watching other guys dunking. And then it sounds like in the fourth quarter they played for real. and Team LeBron, I think, beat Team Giannis, if I'm not mistaken.
1: You're not mistaken. You should have watched, Steve. Well. Because it was actually fun. Are you familiar with the way that they ended the game? I
2: did not. I do not know. and I,
1: You have no clue. I have no clue. So they call it the Elam ending. Why? Uh, some, probably some guy named Elam. Okay. It's like the California rule in baseball where you start an inning with runner on second base and oh, one yeah. out. Right. So it's similar to that. So at the end of the third quarter, what they do is take whoever's winning their score and add 24 to it. Okay. So from there, let's say the score was 100 to 95 at the end of the third. There's too much math here for me to figure it out what it was I last I don't do night. math well. Let's say it was 100 to 95 at the end of the third quarter. Okay. So what they do after that is add 24 to the winning team score, which would be...
2: 124.
1: And that would end up being the target score for the rest of the game. The rest of the game is not timed. They still do have a shot clock, but the rest of the game is not timed. So how they determine... And whoever gets to 124 first wins. Oh, okay. All right, I see that. So so what they did is... Let's see, they what would have the had Bronx 25. the team down after the third quarter? They were down... And the target score ended up being one fifty six or when no, it was one fifty seven. That was what the game ended up getting to, because it was one fifty six to one fifty five at the very end of the game and Anthony Davis made a free throw to win. It was sort of anticlimactic. That okay. they had like ten incredible possessions in a row and then they called a real bad foul and then Anthony Davis made a free well, throw. Well,
2: I will say when you know, we talked about it on Friday when I saw the teams Team LeBron looked like they were really loaded. I mean, they just looked well, like well,
1: they're both NBA All Star teams. Yeah, they're but both I, very good.
2: Yeah, but I mean, the power of the NBA to me was on LeBron's team. You took his take his about top six or seven players, and they were better than Giannis's
1: players. But they had guys taking charges. They were diving on the oh. floor, playing hard. Kyle Lowry took a charge from James Harden. Did everyone just one of the last? Did everyone go
2: crazy? Like I can't yes. believe it.
1: You've never seen anybody take a charge in an NBA All-Star game. No, But I thought it was actually a lot of fun. And there are a lot of people that are saying this Elam ending is what they think, co- or not college basketball, but basketball in general could be shifting to at some point. And my question for you, Steve, is what are your thoughts? What are you opposed to with it? Why would you be opposed to it?
2: Well, I think it tricks up the game. So
1: Why is that? Well, when you give a team points that they didn't earn... You're not giving anybody points that they didn't earn.
2: Well, you're putting 24... You're saying 24 points or whatever. I mean, I I just... I, I guess I'm just old school. I just like to
1: see teams... There's no points that are being given to anybody. It's just that's the target number. And whoever is winning is closer to that number. So there's no advantage. There's no extra advantage. Well, there's no clock to me. I mean... You're always playing beat the clock. Right, but, it, but I think that one of the arguments for, yes, this could be a great answer, is there's no stalling. There's no just holding out the clock. It just turns into offensive game. Yeah. Who can score 124 first? And if the, it doesn't make it easier for a team that's down by 30 to start the fourth quarter. That means that they have to score 54 points in the time that the other team scores 24 points. So it's not like there's some big advantage I think that there's not really that big of a deal with this. I actually kind of liked it. Okay. And I think public perception was actually pretty good. Well, I guess I should have
2: watched the end so I got a better idea, get a feel for it. You know, I'm a feel-type player. You know, everything I do, I'm a feel-type player. So I'd have to get to watch it and get a feel
1: for it. That wasn't a very good opinion, Steve. People <laughs> come here for big-time opinions, and you're like, well, I don't know.
2: Well, I'm just I'm just I saying, don't know. I'm an old school guy. Decided on the court with a clock. And that's the way the game
1: the game was made and that's the way I I enjoy it. You know how the game was also made? No. Which with peach baskets. Well. And you after every basket they had to take this broom and shove it up the peach basket to get the ball out. You know yeah, how but, it was also made but, no three point line. Right. People were saying, "Get that three point line out of here. We don't want that." Now, I like the three point line. I sure hope you do. Well, it added skill to the game. We might have a four-point line at some point someday.
2: Now very well could. I wouldn't be opposed to
1: that. But there are a lot of elements to this Elam ending that I thought could carry over into the NBA. The only thing I don't love all that much is, well, the thing I do like is that there's no stalling out time. Let's take high school basketball, for example, here. What's the argument that you hear from people all the time with high school basketball in this state. I don't hear many arguments. Shot clock. Oh,
2: okay. I see where people you're people
1: wanting a shot clock. Yeah. Fourth quarter. Okay. Trying to make sure teams are not allowed to stall. Now maybe the number would be set back a little bit for the high school level. Thirty five. No, I'm talking about the elam ending number oh, here instead I, I of thought being twenty four. Cl- may, clock. maybe it would be twenty. Okay. That going into the fourth quarter, let's say McPherson's up sixty to fifty five. Okay. that then the end total becomes 80. Or even if the number was less, if it was 15, then the end goal total becomes 75. Instead of a game where the bullpups bring the ball across and they're trying to just hold on for dear life, draining 50 seconds off of the game clock, passing it around, there's no more stalling. It's just go play basketball. Okay, And I think that was something that people did kind of like with it.
2: Okay. I just I'm going to have to do more studying on this so I can formulate a more sensical or sensible opinion
1: man steve you're you're like a politician today <laughs> you're like a I mean, politician well i today. watched
2: a lot of politics this weekend maybe that's why i'm you
1: uh, know what i also watched this weekend what's that that i gave a chance the bachelor no oh. but i'll be watching that tonight oh geez. the xfl okay and my conclusion after watching about a game and a half of the xfl is the offense in the xfl is not very good it's not good and it starts with the quarterbacks. Right. And that is going to be the fall of this league, is that defensively, everybody's okay. Yeah. They're okay. There are some guys on the Chiefs that probably should have been in the XFL defensively (laughs) the last couple years. But even the skill guys, I think they are okay. But the thing that is really going to hurt that league is that the quarterbacks are not very good. No. The offenses are not very good. And well, I just think scores. people are not going to be interested in that league at all. Look at the scores of the games 15 to 9.
2: I mean, 20 to 13, you know, things like that. There was a 27 point, somebody scored 27, but I think that's like the most points I've seen in that league this year. And that was with Cardale Jones at quarterback, who made maybe the worst decision of any player ever to come out of college. He left after his sophomore year at Ohio State, and he's bounced around, you know. It tells you where, you know, if he's in the XFL, it's like your last chance, you know. You can't go any lower than the XFL in professional football. So Cardell Jones is trying to put up big numbers so somebody will give him a look, you know, this fall. And then Landry Jones is like the face of the league as a quarterback. Landry Jones, I mean, he played at OU. He had that bad mustache. Did you remember Landry Jones He had that really bad mustache? But played for the Steelers, and then when uh, they lost their quarterback, and Ben Roethlisberger, and Landry Jones had to come in, he was not good. He was just not good.
1: I think that we have become very spoiled in the NFL, especially if you're a fan of the Kansas City Chiefs, of good offense. And not necessarily meaning that these teams have to go out and score 45 points, but I think that the big difference is they can't even – complete like basic passes I think that's the thing that really hurts this league is that it's not crisp well I watched
2: one game last week I didn't watch I didn't watch any of it this week because it bored me but there was a quarterback for one of the teams that was like 16 out of 19 for like 75 yards (laughs) all it was was a dump off he just dumped it off to the back out of the backfield. play after play after play it was just a long handoff and there's I mean these aren't even guys you heard of in college that are quarterbacking. A lot of these guys, I mean, there's quarterbacks. There was some guy named Philip. I can't even remember what his last name is now, but he, great, he was the guy that was like 16 out of 19. Philip Wilson, I think his name was. But good but, old
1: Philip Wilson. Yeah,
2: but you know, Phil, I wonder how many guys from the NAIA are in the XFL. I haven't looked at the probably rosters. not very many. I haven't looked at the rosters, but I would think there's some guys. Surely there's a few guys from the NFL. Well,
1: look at the guys that are in the XFL, Steve. It's not like it's a bunch of slouches. Yeah, but... They're just not good enough to be in the NFL, which not very many people are. Right. But, you know, Keenan Reynolds is an elite athlete. Remember him when he was at Navy? Quarterback. When he's playing wide receiver for one of the teams. These aren't... It's not me and you that are out there playing. Right. But it's just... I really think it comes down to the quarterback. I think the quarterbacking is not good enough for this league to be very captivating... I don't really have any interest in watching anymore. I don't really have an interest in ever going to a game. Now, maybe if this team was right down the road, if it's in Wichita or something, I think it maybe would need to be in Mound Ridge for me to want to drive to it.
2: Trudger Nation, can you imagine them with a football? I think franchise? it needs to be like within Vance twelve could miles. Be, Vance
1: could be the commissioner. Yeah, he would. He, he would be something of that team. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I, I gave it a chance. I didn't watch any the first weekend, what? and I just wasn't very Okay, impressed. the game
2: you watched yesterday, what kind of crowd did they have?
1: Well, I watched the D.C. Defenders play the New York Guardians in front of about 1,700, well, probably more like 700 people at some stock, soccer stadium so, in D.C. So, obviously. And then Tampa Bay was at Seattle, mm-hmm. and Seattle actually had a pretty good crowd.
2: Yeah, well, Seattle loves their football.
1: They play at the Seahawks Stadium. And pretty much the whole lower bowl was like half full.
2: Yeah, well, that's what keeps a league going—is the people, you know. They've got a TV. Contract. I just don't think people
1: are going to care. I don't
2: think I don't think they are either. I think, you know, the warmer the weather gets on your
1: weekends, I know I'm going to be outside. I don't know about you, but I'll be outside. No, I'm staying inside the entire weekend. Well, I'm sitting in the dark. Well, no sunlight. <laughs> Watching
2: reruns of the Bachelor. Yeah, I'm just gonna rewatch the episodes over
1: and over again. It's gonna be juicy tonight. And I'm very excited. I, I don't even want to know. All right, coming up next, Steve. Let's talk about Big Monday. Big, which is not Bachelor Monday, even though it is coming up tonight. Big Ku, Big Monday.
2: You know, it seems like, it seems like it's only Big Monday when Ku's on to me. It's You're really.
1: saying you don't really enjoy Big Monday when it's West Virginia TCU? Ah, uh, no, no. Okay.
2: And, and, and you know, Ku makes Big Monday, so. In fact, you know, they're on half. What is it? There's eight big Monday games. I think KU's on forums.
1: There you go. Yeah. Well, we'll take a break. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
2: You're
0: listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson, Next Tech Wireless and Farmer State Bank with branch locations in McPherson, Lindsborg, and Galva. You can also listen live Monday through Friday from 1230 to 1 p.m. on 96.7 FM KBBE or online at midkansasonline.com.
1: We're back on this afternoon's According to Jim, 96.7 FM KBBE. Steve Sell. Big Monday tonight. Big Monday. Did you watch the Jayhawks on Saturday? I did. Did you watch the K-State Wildcats on Saturday? I didn't. Good start. (laughs) (laughs) You're being very thorough today, Steve. KU, Marcus Garrett
2: probably clinched the National Defensive Player of the Year. I heard Fran Fischilla say he gets a vote. The last two games, Marcus Garrett has like ten steals. And he's turned the game around both times. And he hit five threes, which... That'll never happen again in his lifetime. I mean, that was an aberration. He was throwing up two irons from everywhere. The ball was barely getting over the front of the rim and it was just lying dry as they were going in. But when KU's making threes, they're pretty tough to beat because they play great defense. Uh Oklahoma, you know, hung in there for a while. Where the wind comes sweeping down the plane. That's right. But the what's the guy's name? Doolittle, is that his name? Yeah. Really good player for Oklahoma. He kept him in the game early, but but uh Doak 15 points, 17 rebounds. Dotson was getting to the rim. Uh, but when Marcus Garrett is making threes, you know it's KU's day.
1: Okay, so Steve, we've said several times that maybe you're not quite as high on the Kansas Jayhawks as other people are. They are number three I know. in the AP poll, and they pretty much have been hovering there for a, for a while. But does a game like Saturday against OU give you a little more confidence in them?
2: Well, when they're making shots, I think they're really, really good when they make shots. I mean, of course, any team. So is everybody. Yeah, but it seems like, you know, their offense at times this year is is just painful to watch. And I thought they had a good flow on Saturday. We'll see what they do with Iowa State. Now, Iowa State's a team that's really struggling. They've lost their best player. And if KU can get up and down the floor like they did against Oklahoma, I'm going to feel a lot better about them because I just feel like they play at such a half-court methodical pace. And it's good to see him get out and run.
1: Front of the show, Eli, is not going to be very happy with you about that Iowa State is really struggling comment. They
2: after are. After
1: what they did on Saturday.
2: Well, Shaka might have just. Did you
1: see what they did to Texas? They beat them by like 31. They beat them by 29. Well. 81 to 52. Okay. Maybe they're taking some momentum into Allen Fieldhouse tonight.
2: Well, but they struggle at Allen Fieldhouse. And, of course, you know, they can't bring that Hilton magic with them. But they haven't had Hilton Magic this year. They haven't been as good at home, as, but they were really well, they good. They just haven't
1: been very very good in general. Yeah,
2: and you know, the thing about Iowa State, they've always done it with grad transfers or transfers in general, and they don't have that, that star transfer this year that they've had in past years.
1: Steve, when it comes to the team in purple, K-State, so you said you didn't watch. Them I on did Saturday. not watch. I think I you was, didn't have any interest in what t- watching. That was a, play. a night
2: game, I think, wasn't it?
1: Well, they lost sixty eight to fifty seven down in Fort Worth. They're now two and ten in the Big Twelve.
2: Well, this is this is one of those years you just you know you flush away. You look to next year. Um, I don't know how many seniors they got. Xavier's a senior, I think. Uh, Mal Ween or May Ween is a he's a senior. So I tell you, Bruce Weber better hope you know he's playing a lot of freshmen. He better hope those freshmen grow up in a hurry because right now they can't score. Uh, but, you know, they're going to beat, they're going to pull off a win against somebody, and I hope it's not KU, but they're going to beat somebody that they're not supposed to beat. Well, they're not really, supposed to beat anybody now
1: because they are in last place. But,
2: I mean, they're going to beat somebody good. They're going to, I mean, they're not going to beat Baylor or KU, but, but they're going to beat somebody maybe West, or no, they've already played West Virginia twice. So they're, they're going to beat somebody, you know, Texas Tech maybe might beat them. But of course Texas Tech lost. Who they lost to somebody a real bad oh Oklahoma State. So basically it's I think Baylor's perfect. KU's lost one and then I think the next best team's like five losses, I wanna say. Texas
1: Tech, yeah, they're seven
2: and five. Wow, what a strange year in the Big Twelve. Really
1: it's, strange year. Yeah. Well nobody's very good once you get past the first two. I know that we've said that college basketball as a whole is pretty down this year. But I, in particular, just think the Big 12 is as weak as I can remember. It is. There have been years where I just go, okay, I don't think they're as good as everybody else thinks they are. But this year, it's not like people are saying, oh, got to give the Big 12 credit. It's the toughest conference in, it's not. in the college basketball. Pac-12 might be better. Conference <laughs> of Champions? I mean, the Conference of Champions, who has just been absolutely horrible the last few years might be better can, than can the big you imagine 12.
2: a Bill Walton that have to call the big twelve this year? Oh this is
1: oh, this is terrible. This who, is terrible. Who's that guy? That's Yudoka Hezabuki. Oh <laughs> who's he? Yeah. Who who are you, yeah. Devon Dotson? But
2: you know, you'd get you'd go past K U and Baylor. Is there an NBA player on
1: any of the other eight teams that you see? Surely there's a few.
2: The guy for West Virginia, the big strong kid.
1: There's a few. Yeah. But not a lot. No. At least not that top-tier talent. No. And the weird thing about Baylor and KU is it's not like they have the one guy that you go, oh, yeah, so-and-so. He, he, he's your number one guy. He might be the national player of the year. You have this guy, well, this guy. Well, Dotson allegedly is in the top three for player of the year. I know he's still hanging around there. And but, he can't shoot. But do you think Devon Dotson is the player of the year? Well,
2: that tells you the state of college basketball. Devon Dotson ain't no Zion. Let's just face it.
1: No, he's not quiet. He's not
2: RJ Baird. He's not Ja Morant. I mean, last year was a pretty good year for college basketball.
1: So when it comes to Baylor and KU matching up later this week, ooh, when's that? I believe Saturday. Okay. Do you have any faith in the Kansas Jayhawks in Waco?
2: Yes, I have some faith. Okay. I think I think they'll. I mean, they might steal one. They're the way they're playing defense, and I and I always go back to the fact. When's the last time KU's been swept in the Big 12 by a team?
1: Not many times.
2: No. So, the pride factor's going to kick in. Big Doke, he's going to be all excited to play. He's going to be swatting shots. And let's face it, Baylor just made a ton of really tough shots to beat KU the first time. But they beat them. They were pretty dominant in that
1: game, if I remember right. Yeah, they won 67-55. They killed them.
2: Yeah, yeah. that was That was a dominant performance. But KU was still... You know, they were still trying to find their way at that point.
1: All right, Steve, let's take one more break. When we come back, we've got to talk about, again, the big incident in Major League Baseball. It was a crazy weekend for all of this development. Yeah. it's A lot of people speaking out. This will be your opportunity to speak out if you want to. Mike Trout has spoken out. Cody Bellinger. Carlos Correa, they've all had their moments. Yeah. So maybe this, this can be has your gotta, moment. This has
2: got to go away, though, at some time. We'll talk about it,
1: though. We'll do that next. You're listening to According to Jim, 96.7 FM, KBBE.
0: You're listening to the According to Jim podcast with Jim Joyner and Steve Self. According to Jim is brought to you by Great Plains Federal Credit Union, Brown Shoe Fit in downtown McPherson,
1: Major League Baseball, no, sh- who has a positive word to say about Major League Baseball right now? And
2: that's a shame, because we should be talking about who's going to win the World Series, you know, who's going to be the surprise team, what big trades might be made at the you know at the deadline to, for teams to get better, and all we're talking about, hour after hour, ad nauseam on baseball, is the Houston Astros, and it's just getting worse and worse, because a Ton of players came out this weekend. Houston is just getting raked over the coals, deservedly so. They cheated, they got caught, and players are speaking out. And now, Houston manager, new Houston manager Dusty Baker, who is very well respecting the game, is already saying Major League Baseball better get a handle on this because we know, uh, you know, when we take the field, our batters are going to be, you know, they're going to be the target of a lot of hit, pitch, you know, get hit by pitches this year.
1: I don't think very many people feel bad for them. No. Now, the weird thing to me, Steve, and the thing that is really starting to catch my eye and did this weekend, is not the amount of players and people in baseball that were bad-mouthing the Astros and their players and their management, but the amount of players that are speaking out against Rob Manfred, Major League Baseball commissioner. Yeah, they feel
2: like he went too light.
1: They are feeling like he went way too light. And they are not only talking bad about the Astros in this whole situation, but really speaking out against him. And it's weird to me. I, you know, I'm always pro player and and, and I want these guys to make the most amount of money possible. I want them to be in the best position possible. But I also have a little bit of company man in me and that it feels weird (laughs) to see people just outwardly speaking so negatively about who would be their overall boss and speaking so badly about the game of baseball, it it would be like Steve if you and I came on the air today and said, "Oh, we just had a sales meeting with our owners, the Davies, and man, they are jerks." <laughs> and, and, and like that just wouldn't come off right. Yeah. And I think in certain places that can happen, yeah. in certain jobs that can happen. But we respect our. Owners. But it feels weird to me to say that and to be vocal about that and have all the media come around you and, and say, "All right, here's what we've got to say." Mike Trout speaking out about it. Mike Mike Trout, who's one of the faces of baseball.
2: He's the best player in the
1: game. Cody Bellinger. And not only people speaking that way in person, but for that to happen on social media as well, where a lot of different people are seeing it, it's just very strange to me the way this all continues to play out. I've never seen anything quite like this. I don't think until
2: we get into the season will this start to die down a little bit. Although, everywhere Houston goes... I mean they're gonna be booed unmercifully uh you know everywhere they go I mean it's gonna be interesting to see how many years this is gonna take it's not gonna be over in three months no it's not gonna be over in three years. this is gonna follow them for a long time until maybe you know some of their greats retire or they turn over their roster and have a bunch of guys that are there that weren't part of the you know the cut- you know the
1: the cheating. One of the things that I was talking about early on in this process, Steve, was, okay, how how are we going to punish the players? I know that there was a, a certain amount of money that was a fine on the Astros, and then, of course, the year-long suspension for A.J. Hinch, which then led to him being fired. But how are we going to punish the players for this? Because they are a pretty major part of it. And the thing that I think has made players around baseball the most upset is that it's pretty much been nothing. It's scot-free. There's free. nothing.
2: It's scot-free. And so,
1: what do you think would be an appropriate punishment? I don't
2: Suspensions? know.
1: Suspensions?
2: I don't know. Fines? The, the damage to their reputations, uh, maybe that's what Rob Manfred's thinking, the damage to their reputations. But I don't think
1: that is enough, or at least the players in Major League Baseball do not think it's enough.
2: So, what what do you, I don't know what you do. Do you take away their World Series championship in 2017 and just leave it vacant? Well, you can't say,
1: okay, can't 2017, say. it was the Royals! Hey, yeah. you won! Yeah. I'm not a fan of awarding championships to teams that did not Didn't, win. Right. But I am okay with saying, okay, you guys technically won, but we're taking the trophy back. Yeah. You guys can have your rings. I don't. You can pawn them off, do whatever. But I really do think there should be some sort of suspension for these players. I think that they have to give something back to this, too. Because it feels like the players did this,
2: or maybe they and their should,
1: bosses are taking the heat. Maybe for them.
2: they should be fined like five hundred thousand dollars a piece, and they have to donate it to charity.
1: I don't know. I think it would be more than that. Well, I, I I just think there is some sort of punishment that needs to happen here, and maybe that would help with some of this.
2: Well, I think we we really need to get to the game, so you know we can start focusing on what's going on,
1: you know, on the field. I don't know if this is going to end for a while, Steve. Well. We'll continue to talk about it like three days a week.
2: Yeah, well, and that's sad because, you know, I'm I'm trying to think how good are the Royals going to be this year? Probably not very. But, yeah, they didn't really make a whole lot of moves in the off season. I mean, what they added Franco from Philadelphia to play third base. Woo-hoo. Got rid of Chesler Cuthbert. I didn't even know that till the other day, until I saw he's on the White Sox. So, I mean, Alex Gordon, the old warhorse, is brought back for one more go around
1: well steve we'll wrap things up for today tomorrow big day of bullpup basketball on the road at bueller we'll talk about that that's huge enjoy the rest of your day i will wrapping up today's show for steve sell i'm jim joiner thanks for listening to according to jim we'll talk to you tomorrow
0: according to jim with jim joiner and steve sell was brought to you by great plains federal credit union brown shoe fit in downtown mcpherson